Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air, mm, metaphorically, online, definitely, literally, uh, both 24-7, here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. I say uh, on air, it's not, no, it's not a broadcast signal coming, uh, uh, zipping along, which, is, which would be amazing enough. We still can't see the energy. Uh, it just so happens that the type of energy that is producing what I say is a metaphorical on air version of the show is not broadcast, it's not going through the air, although it may at some point have been a signal traveling perhaps to a satellite. But in any event, it ultimately is accessed via nodes and modems and, and servers and all that stuff. It's an electronic access. It's, it's through the internet. It's wherever on earth you happen to be with an internet-enabled device that will allow you to pick up the show running in. That, that was a long, a long uh, intro to that notion. Uh, it, running in a loop, a radio loop version of this show uh, that you pick up by clicking the second link on our homepage. I think I'll repeat that again. It's www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, uh, .com. And uh, that second link gives you the show at whatever point it happens to be in the loop because, uh, well, it's a loop. You pick it up wherever you happen to pick it up. You get into it. You can enjoy it. You hopefully are interested enough that when it hits the end of that particular version, when it runs to the end of the loop, well, it does what loops do. They loop back and the show begins from the beginning once again. It's a convenience for our listeners, many of whom really enjoy hearing the show that way as though, as if it were flicking on um, you know the dial in the car radio or flicking on the, the the switch or the dial whatever it might have been the knob on the on the um, the refrigerator radio that's where it usually tended to be I found usually radios were on the refrigerator when I was a kid and in my case uh, the, someone in the morning would flick on rambling with gambling AM radio of course that's all it was and I believe this would have been Someone help me. Is it was it W O probably W O R, John Gambling uh, Jr. At that point, John Gambling Sr. had made its his way through the twenties, thirties, and forties uh, with his show, and we picked it up uh, as it was. Uh, uh, you know, uh, his son doing very much the same thing. It was it was a rambling kind of a show. It was all sorts of thoughts and all sorts of. Uh, uh, side guests or side uh, uh, asides, as it were. And he had, John Gambling Jr. had a rather kind of a low-keyish kind of a way about him. But there was something about that sound in the morning. There was something about uh, what maybe things that couldn't have woken you up otherwise. From down the hall in the bedroom where I was, 
someone, my mother most likely, had, had turned on the radio on top of the, uh, the, the refrigerator. It was, a, it, was in a, it was a GE radio, remember this, and it was in a brown Bakelite Bakelite being this very heavy, plasticky kind of stuff. Uh, it, it was in one of those. And the, and the dial, as it were, to choose the stations was nothing but a little... If, if you could see the whole dial, it would have been, oh, about a uh, maybe a, a four-inch circle. But you only saw the outer edge of it the way it was exposed. And you knurled your way with your thumb to... W O R. That's what. That's where they were. That's that's where John Gambling Jr. was talking to us, and there was a security in the fact that uh, he was having a conversation with you every every weekday of the week. You you were part of a conversation. Uh, he he spoke about things that you could sort of get involved in. I, I don't recall, I don't recall there being a lot of political discussion. There, there was stuff about what was happening, let's say, in New York. A lot of it was local. There, there might have been discussions about politicians. There might have been things that people were doing, but it wasn't political commentary. It was, it, was, it was infinite commentary. It was wall-to-wall, non-stop commentary. But it was in the form of discussable stuff. I, I don't recall, or I don't recall anyone in my family ever saying, oh, John Gambling is, is, is off-putting because he has a particular political bent or or waiting or or, or, or saying I, I listen to him or don't listen to John Gambling John Gambling Jr. of course. I, I listen to him or don't listen to him because he has a political kind of a thing going on. We we had we had entertainment variety shows all over the place that basically weren't dependent on your political point of view. That finally changed when the Smothers Brothers on CBS began really getting uh, more verbal and obvious about their feelings about the Vietnam War back back in the 60s. And there was an awful lot of uh, nastiness back and forth between the Nixon administration, the Republicans, and the Smothers Brothers, and CBS at one point felt they had to censor them. There was, there was kind of a, um, an unspoken rule that you try to keep the pure politics out of entertainment, essentially information that was coming via the airwaves. And and all of these, and by the way, all of the airwaves, be it radio or TV, all of that basically is licensed space, as it were, provided to uh, users, provided to companies by the government, 
they are as a rule it's 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 normally especially you know for, for there are local stations that have local provisions to them but it's supposed to be provided for the for the benefit of the listener it's supposed to be using public airspace for public benefit and as a rule back in the day that generally meant keeping political discourse out of it now that may sound awfully strange right now but okay it's largely cable where we find the heaviest uh, slatherings of political discourse or or where you're listening right now online you're going to hear that but but cable stations are where so much of the political the the hyper politicized information is coming from when you got down to the broadcast stations and that's what we had in those days there was no cable there was no online you simply had broadcast stations. It was, the sense was, and, and the law was, that this was meant for the public consumption. The public, in, some, in someone's mind, in, 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 in some, as, a, as an entity within the meaning of the laws granting these licenses, being an entity that could be well served with information and entertainment without putting it in a political context. Now, now that, that may seem kind of strange at this point, that, that anything, anything can be presented via media without there being some, at least some, undercurrent. I mean, just hold with me on this. I, I realize, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this through as I'm saying it, but I, and I gave it some thought before I did. But, but bear with me <clears throat> that, that just about anything you'll pick up anywhere, short of... Okay, uh, short of a, uh, a, a station uh, that just shows, let's say, movies on TV, the odds are that may not uh, have a particularly uh, political bent. It, it, it may, depending on uh, the type of even old movies that they're showing, there, there could be some kind of... Uh, a reference, a political reference, but by and large, if you're in a cable environment, somewhere in there is a, uh, if, if not subliminal, a little better than subliminal sense of the political positioning of the station or the entity or the cable network or, or whatever it is, the local show, you're aware of this. Or maybe if you know other people who um, watch or see the movies on the channel you're talking to, well, you know that they may be of a particular 
political bent. That sort of person likes the type of movie or the type of entertainment that shows up there. It, it, it's, it's, there's not a lot that I would comfortably categorize as wide open to everybody because there's just not much of a of a population that's simply wide open and we've accustomed ourselves to the notion of casting most things in a political kind of um, mindset that that we we think of just about everything as being political and it extends obviously well beyond uh, uh, our our viewing and listening and media intake online or maybe if you're still going with a broadcast antenna or digital or whatever the case may be it goes it's there and and it's extended outward it extends outward into social media it extends into places where we would go or not go it's 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 very much all pervasive but there's still a sense that you can kind of you know turn it off you you can you can walk away from it to some extent and and you can talk to people and 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 somehow you won't feel that political tug there's, there's, there, there are places of refuge within our society where you can get away from this all-pervasive political thing that is constantly, constantly nibbling around the edges of everything we do, every place we go. There is a political storyline waiting to emerge or, or, or on the verge of being discovered in just about every context of our lives. But I, I think most of us want to believe that we can avoid it somewhere. There, 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 there is a place to avoid it. I would have wanted to believe to a certain extent that... <laughs> And, and this may sound naive of me, but that family was a place where you could get around it pretty much. That there, there were ways to still converse and still, and still be part of a family without having this constant subtext of the political looming in the background. I'm not so sure anymore. Be, and, 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 and one of the reasons, and I, I, I had a conversation with a, I'll just say, a family member yesterday that seemed to be going in a very normal sort of a way. We were talking about stuff. There was discussion of, of, of relatives, most of them long past, but there was a reason to talk about it. There was some, there was some information that was required and, and there was humor and there was, and there was goofing and there was memories and childhood stuff was coming up. And it was, it was based on stuff that siblings 
would basically talk about. And I was aware that this particular sibling of mine had a, um, a particular political bent, but it was, it was fun to, see a, to have a conversation where, and, 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 I, and, and my sibling called me, and, it, and I saw the name, and it was, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 and the conversation just, and there was no, there was no, uh-oh, are, are you, hey, let's, let's, let's begin this conversation by guaranteeing one another that we will not be talking politically about anything. Well, let's avoid the politics. No, no, the conversation instantly went into family-oriented stuff. And, and it involves some, some medical stuff. And, and the medical conversation uh, n was enriched by knowledge about relatives who had gone through similar situations. As, you start, as everybody starts getting older, suddenly those people who seemed so old to us when we were kids, and, and who, uncle, this one had that, and aunt, this one had that, and hey, was that like, do we have a propensity towards that? And does that happen in the, that kind of thing, okay? And it seemed to be going rather well until for some reason, for some reason, my, my sibling suddenly mentioned something about the problem of wokeism in America. I, 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 I don't know where this, I did not bring this up. But somehow the term woke got in there. And with it came uh, an additional set of parentheticals about how the country was being destroyed by that. And I'm the guy who's on air. I'm, I mean, it's obvious, you know. And in fact, my sibling asked me, he, oh, so, so, Rich, you, you, you're still doing that show, huh? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been at it now for over five years. We're, 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 we're edging close to 800 episodes at this point. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He goes, he go, well, you know, I'm, I'm getting more. And, and my sibling volunteers that woke, or whatever that means, is something that's really bothering my sibling. I'm trying to avoid gender here to go, you know, minus any form of identification. If in the very, very off chance that that sibling is listening to this show today, but that's okay. That's okay. And as we're talking, I, I, I said, look, what does the word woke mean to you? And there was a pause on the other side. And I, I said, really, what does, what is woke? Oh, it's when, finally, it's, it's when, you know, when they talk about, well, what does it mean? I said, what, where does it come from? How, how, how pervasive is it? How, how much wokeness, I mean, what, what's your understanding of this? And it became pretty obvious pretty quickly that, and, and, and this is with all, again, uh, there's a pretty good, I, I doubt sincerely if my sibling is listening to this, but 
it was pretty obvious that there was no heavily congealed, strongly formulated notion of what woke really was all about. It was bad. It was something that they did. It was something that took something away from my sibling. It was something that was ruining the country that was supposed to be, or that should be, or that somehow was promised to my sibling and others of the, of a, of the same ilk, and woke was in the way of uh, this country being what it should be. V vague beyond vague beyond vague. No statistics, no, no, here's what's happening here. Okay, here's my understanding, but no. So there was no discussion that could be had about this. I offered, I thought was a historical perspective on woke and where it came from and, and, and the terminology as it would have been used uh, in, I believe there was some terminology to this effect in the, in the 50s and 60s. It was mentioned in part of black literature, et cetera, et cetera. It has been seized upon as a great, great, uh, uh, you know, culture wars sounding. It just, he's woke. And it just, it just works perfectly. It has this resonance that, that just fits it. There's, there was this waiting open slot in the culture wars, you know, uh, playing board and woke fit right in there. And it just can be thrown up anytime you like, and you can get it out there. And Ron DeSantis can pass a law with woke in it, or at least promote things about wokeness and, and, and people reach in their pockets and give money. And I said this to my sibling. I said, have you, I said, be honest with me. Have you donated money to any political party or candidate based on their expression of feeling about woke, whatever, whatever that is, the, th the thing that, that neither of us apparently are being very successful in defining, except that we know that it has a political, cultural kind of a tone to it, and it's a, it's, it's a point of, of separation. I, I, I still don't understand why it should be a point of separation. It's people discussing things. It's a point of view. It's not running the country. It is, it's a discussable thing, something we could talk about. And the response I got back from my sibling was, I can't talk about that. And it was said in a tone, and you, you, you'd have to hear the tone, and, per, and perhaps I'm being a little too revelatory of who I'm referring to here. Please, if you're listening, oh sibling, don't take this any, well, take it any way you like, but this is important for me to tell the story. The tone that accompanied the words, I can't talk about this, was not, if we talk about it, we'll, we'll, come, to, we'll come to loggerheads. Or, I, I, I don't want to have an argument with you. I like you too much as a sibling 
to really have to, to really present my strongly held and and well supported feelings about this. No, no, it was it was it was almost it 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 was a get out of get out of conversation free card. That's what I, I and you have you, of course you'd have to know the person you're talking to, but. That's what I heard in this person's voice. I, I can't talk about that, literally. And, I, and, and that was repeated again, and it occurred to me. I, I'd never really sensed this before. Those were words that I'd heard this sibling say on any number of prior occasions when something of a political nature somehow got interjected into the conversation. And, and it wasn't because um, I, I, I don't feel, it was because I, 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 I'm, I'm respecting your boundaries, Richard, and I don't want to get into, uh, I, don't want to, I don't want to offend you. It was more, I literally can't talk about this. And it was, I'm, I, 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 what I heard was, I'm not supposed to talk about this. That's, that's the thing that got into my head, and it, and it just hit me so hard yesterday. The real statement there was, I'm not supposed to talk about this. I'm supposed to be in an environment where no one has to discuss this in any detail, where we simply accept that it's bad, that woke is bad, that it's all pervasive, that it's ruining our country, and that we must be against woke. And of course, I will reach in my pocket and I will probably give a donation to somebody who puts it in ineloquent enough terms to just keep my grievance thing going at a higher pitch. And, and that's as much as I need to do. I don't want to talk. I can't talk about this because you, 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 you know, you, you big mouth, you, you, you would probably want to do exactly what I'm hearing you doing right now. You want to talk about it. You actually want to focus on the meaning of these words. You want to, you want to get me involved in talking about that. And, and you're going to challenge me. I know you. Oh, Richard, I know you. And I know how we were growing up. And I know that this might turn into one of those type conversations. And I probably wouldn't win that conversation. But at the same time, I don't dare confront the notion that I would lose the conversation because woke and things like it that are all within this political spectrum are the things that are part of my life. Now, is this overreading everything that I heard in that conversation? Well, you tell me about your siblings. And, 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 if, and if you've been around a while, tell me how well, if you've spoken to them all your life, tell me how well you understand. Tell me how much you're capable of reading in a sentence, in a phrase, in a thought. 
Tell me, tell me that you tell me that you can't pick all that up. Yes, you can. For all of the political distances and posturing, we know our siblings emotionally. We know that we, 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 we fought as children. We, we, we know the games we played with each other's heads. We know how we could be funny together. We knew how we could be serious together. We knew when there was a conflict. We knew when there was a resolution. We knew the, we knew the pathway to resolution. You know all that with a sibling. If you've spent any kind of sincere time and effort, you know, communicating with them. And I knew in hearing the words, I can't talk about that, that this was a pure, absolute avoidance of the topic. It meant I can, not, not that I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing this because I care about our relationship. It's, I can't talk about this. And it, it, it hit me. It hit me so hard because I, I realize how much of that is embedded in our nation at this point. The, the inability, the, the fear of discussing these things because uh, we, we've come to identify ourselves on a political level before, in, in too many instances, before almost anything else. Our politics is filling an empty space in our souls. Does that, does that sound weird? That, that politics has become a mechanism for filling the void, filling a psychological or a spiritual or an emotional void that might have been filled by other forms of interaction in the past. But now, basically, for, for lack of for lack of, 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 a, of a better form of interaction or a more frequent level or form of interaction or a, or a desire for a less uh, skewed perception or point of view, somehow we've allowed our political affiliation to supersede so many other things about us, so many other ways in which we might have uh, first communicated or first made contact with people or, or thought about them or, or uh, oriented ourselves to them. No, their politics, their political thought process becomes paramount. And I, I never... I never, and, and, and by the way, my sensitivity to that, my, my receptiveness to their, my siblings in this case, political orientation, my antenna being so far up and so prepared to pick up the first possible signal of this, that was there all along. And it, it was beginning, it was beginning to, to, to tone down a bit 
as the conversation was going. We probably, we probably had gone on for a good 10 minutes before my sibling finally mentioned this woke thing that somehow was on his mind. And I, and I, and I can't help but imagine that, that maybe later on, after our conversation, he might have sat down and, oh, it's he, okay, might have sat down and said, why the hell did I even bring that up? Why, usually it's him. Richard is the one who's, he's the political guy, right? He's doing the show. He's, you know, central left, <laughs> whatever the hell, you know, you know, woke. Okay, but he's the one that brings this up. And yet I'm the one who mentioned woke. I found a way to bring it into the conversation. And then when he wanted to talk about it, he, I, I, I told him that I can't talk about this. And now I'm hearing on air, if you're listening, that my feeling about that is because you're afraid to. Not because you're frightened, not, not, not because you're a bad person or anything else, but, but because it, it's, it's going, it, it's, it's too, you become so embedded in this culture that makes these things paramount and primary and prohibits really examining them. And by the way, I could have this, I could, I could say the same things to anyone anywhere on the political spectrum, to the far left, to the far right. All of us somewhere these days, somehow in our mind, maybe it doesn't come out of our mouths, but as we talk to or we communicate with people, Yes, there's, there's the, well, you know, poli you know, you don't discuss religion, politics, or money. That was, that was the old thing. You never, never talk about these things at a dinner table or never talk about this among, you know, among uh, whatever, wh whoever you weren't supposed to talk about these things with. But the political notion of who and what we are is too damned front of mind. Now... Am I just speaking for myself? Maybe. But if I go through this with a sibling, and clearly my sibling was reading me too, understood where I, we, we both knew this was somewhere in the background and probably would come welling up somewhere along the lines. We knew it. He made the move, he called me first. I don't, I, the last time I called him, probably easily, I don't know, several weeks, couple months, more than a couple of months ago. We're always aware of each other. But talking to one another is, there, yeah, there's, there's a sense that that stuff is going to come out. It's, it's always, always there. And, and again, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of uh, political information or anything else that I'm offering you in this discussion, this commentary, as it were, except to say that I'm disappointed in me knowing how much it was in the back of my mind 
even as that conversation began, and disappointed in my sibling that that became the point at which the conversation quickly came to an end. We, we both found a way to get the conversation to end right up. It was, it was, the, it was the game ender. The moment a political statement came up, the air changed, the color of everything changed, the whole flavor of everything just went into a whole, the, the palette was utterly different. We, ch we switched restaurants, we changed continents, we, we, we jumped into another planet, another dimension. The moment a political statement came up, which I was prepared, I, I, I took it in my brain, I wanted to take it as, hey, here's a chance to talk through this crap. And, and, and that's not how it worked, and I, and I probably should have known, and I, and I guess we're really somewhere I did know, that we'd never really have a conversation about this. It was just a statement of the limitations that are now posed on so many lives and probably on so many families and so many older friendships and so many acquaintance situations and, and so many job-related things and so much of what we are and do in a way that we never really had before. I, yes, I'm be bemoaning, oh, the, I, I, no, there were never, I'm not trying to say that there were good old days. I mean, the, the crap that we all, that so many of us believed and held on to in our old neighborhood way of thinking about things, some of it was, was absolutely horrific. The way we would talk about ethnic groups and everything and did it casually, and, and there wasn't any profound thought back in those days. But there should be more, maybe less profound thought, maybe a little more feeling, a little more empathy, a little more, geez, remember when we really just, where our caring for one another was able to transcend this, this bullshit that we're all sort of in the middle of, that gets reinforced by our social media, that is constantly worked on by the people and the groups that we're in, that is constantly fed to us by, by the cable and other media that we consume, where everything, the subtext of everything, it seems at times, is political. And I, I bemoan that. I, I, I think it's awful. That that has that that we flipped everything around to the point where that is the first thing that is the starting point of so much. I mean, that's really all I was. It's really all I wanted to say in this part of the show. I mean, D David. By the way, David is coming on. Thank you, David. Uh, he'll be coming in in just a moment. We're we're going to have a little bit of a break here, but. I, I wanted to talk about this because it really, it really bothered me. It really bothered me that, that this is, we are so, we're so fragile 
that that so many uh, sets of emotions and feelings are 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 so conditional because of the way we are politically set up these days and i i wish to hell it were otherwise i wish there were some way around it i guess the only way around it is to is to talk that maybe the next time i hear my siblings say i can't talk about that i'll say damn it you can you you're you're choosing not to talk about it and i'm not going to accept that because if you do we're just going to get further and further apart and i don't want that now let's talk about it or agree that it doesn't it's not even important enough to talk about but if it's that important to you that you brought it up damn it let's talk about it not just say you have to walk away from it. Why? Because you're afraid? Because, you know, you might, you might score bad points with a group. You could never tell anybody you had this conversation. Certainly not with your brother. Next time. Next time. If you tell me you can't talk about it, you know what? I'm not going to accept that. Oh, no, don't, don't get involved. No, no, no. You, you know you can't. No. No. I will. At least I'll say, yes, we should talk about it. We all should. We've got to talk. We've got to get past this, this freeze-out that we've imposed on our brains and our relationships and our families and our histories and everything else. No, enough. Otherwise, we just continue down a very, very uncertain or maybe all-too-certain road. I had to say that. David will be here in a little bit. Let's, let's, let's cool things off a little bit. Let's get apolitical with a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics and jazz and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio one word centerlefttalkradio.com it is friday it is the 3rd of march it is a pleasure uh, to be able to say with absolute sincerity and with total anticipation of a fine result david what's on your mind uh, well, there's a lot. There's a bunch of different things that are um, happening. If you want to follow me more, you can follow me on Twitter at face at uh, faces ideas new. Um, other than that, let's let's talk about the news. So, um, they're apparently building a package for uh, laws that will strengthen railroads and make it more important for them to uh, do safety and stuff like that. Yeah, I've good. heard about. I've heard something about this. Yeah, yeah, because. Every single thing that happens that the Republicans complain about, there should be a direct response from a package like this um, because they're going to vote against it. Every huh. single one of them. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It may, pass, it may pass the Senate, but it probably won't pass the House. And then it's very easy to point to how just ridiculous they are. Um, also in good news, uh, Eli Lilly is dropping the, uh, the price of insulin. $235 a month. And this is not uh, just for Medicare people or in, in general? This appears to be in general. Wow. Wow. Because the big thing was it was only going to be for Medicare. Well, well, the, the, the law that was passed 
was uh, the federal law was for Medicare people only. This is this is a major jump forward. That's great. If Lilly will uh, basically make this across the board, boy, they've been they've been just soaking people heartlessly. I mean, that's a good sign. Well, it's also worth paying attention to because just because they say they're doing it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Well, and this is yeah. also the company. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Most it's ever- also worth yeah, yeah. Remembering that Eli Lilly's the company that got hit the hardest when Elon Musk um, took over. Uh, um, Twitter, and then didn't have his verification system set up, and there was that fake tweet about insulin being free. Yeah, and then their yeah, stock yeah. prices plummeted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Um, yeah, you got a point. But yeah, yeah, it is good, and it's one of those things that, because of government regulation, is forcing better things for for um, Americans. And obviously, it's something that Democrats should point to that Republicans were against. I mean, yeah. let's also be clear that the, the bill itself took a while to kick in and it didn't cover everybody. So, yes, it could have been better. I recall just just going back to your prior point, though, about about the the railroad regulations. And clearly a lot of this is is all been prompted by that terrible accident that took place in Ohio. And the first thing I heard that Republicans were saying was, well, how dare uh, Biden go and visit, uh, you know, Ukraine and Poland? Why wasn't he immediately out there? Then how could his administration, how could uh, Pete Buttigieg not have uh, stopped this in advance? Or why wasn't he there instantly? Or why aren't they fixing it? And then when, when a package of, of, of regulations gets put together that would address things, suddenly there's a total 180-degree shift and, oh, no, regulations are all bad, therefore we can't have regulations. Am I, am I kind of – am I putting it in the same context that you're seeing it in? Well, no, I absolutely should have visited. There was two weeks in between the crash and – and Ukraine, and he should have absolutely. Somebody should have been down. Ah, that uh, that's, uh, that is a political miscalculation. Somebody absolutely should have been down there. Um, good point. And, good point. And the the other thing they should point it on to is, hey, look, the federal government's doing as much as we can, but Mike DeWine, who is the governor of Ohio, yeah. is making it very clear that he will not ask for help huh. because he has. So the full force of FEMA cannot go in until he he asks for help. Yeah. Okay. So that is so. Yeah, they they mess up now. Um, my understanding is also it may not have been the rail, the uh, the the cause might not be clear yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had two years to turn back the uh, the regulations that Donald Trump did. They should have done. So there is there is something. It's not the same. This is again. This is kind of the row thing, yeah. where um, Republicans break things, and then it's the Democrats' fault for not fixing them fast. Uh, <laughs> I got it. I got it. Yeah. 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 But no, they 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 really messed up by not sending somebody down there and making a bigger uh, um, show of things because that's what it is. You can't just. <laughs> You cannot just talk about things and then, you know, pass laws and just assume people will know. Um, you have to make a show of it, especially 
with all the revelations that the largest news network in the country is essentially just the political arm of the Republican Party yeah. in a way that is nowhere near equivalent to any other news network. Like, I don't even know how they, how, like, I, I know the answer is Fox is just literally never going to tend, tell any of their their viewers about what's happening with this lawsuit. Um, they, they, they just will never know what happens. I don't know how they're like. I guess the answer is you don't let you don't talk to Fox reporters because they're 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 basically just Republican operatives. Uh, I don't know what legislation you can do to to write up against this. Yeah, that, that, um, I've had this. I've had the same reaction. I've had the same feeling. It's like you, you in my my first reaction. You know, hearing that Tucker Carlson was getting forty something thousand hours of 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 mostly to this point, certainly not already broadcast or put out in the public information footage clearly for the purpose of trying to uh, formulate something that would fit his uh, perpetually restated uh, position that it was nothing it was a walk in the park there was no insurrection it was people having a nice day but all that all that aside his you know his, whatever his is in his brain the, the notion that the that the speaker of the house of of the of, of, of the united states could Openly, with absolutely no no sense of, of shame, no sense of illegality, no sense of ethical impropriety, formulate a clearly one-sided relationship with the most with the most uh, one-sided uh, new they're not news entertainment organization you know masquerading as news Fox and not have an instantaneous series of regulations coming down and saying, you've broken this law, that law, that law, that law, that law. There'd be a motion and someone would... None of that. It's, we're not... We actually, we actually can accommodate this sort of thing. And no shame whatsoever on the part of McCarthy. McCarthy acting as though... He, A, has no choice. He promised all this. B, it wouldn't matter anyway. C, there is no legislating possible with a Republican majority in the House of Representatives. It's just basically paying back what took 15 votes to get McCar uh, McCarthy's speakership. That's it. I, it's scary. Yeah, and also, like, the, the foreign adversary aspect of... Uh the national security stuff is nonsense. But yeah, 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 yeah. The it is worth pointing out. What is the point of this? Like, is isn't he supposed to be smart enough to understand that the the people on trial have access to any of the film that would incriminate them? Also, half of them took it themselves. Like. It's it's just so stupid. And then I want to. I don't know if you you caught this, but this this was like a uh, a kind of ten second story that that got a little blown in our portion. There was a a bill in Florida, and it's being described as a bill that would erase the Democratic Party. Basically, what it is is some idiot Florida Rep uh, Republican uh, um, state senator or legislator with a, like a fourth grade understanding of history. His argument is. It's, it's literally just an I'm going to own the libs uh, bill. It's not like a fascism bill. It's uh, any any party that had slavery, slavery in its platform should exist under the same name. And it's basically trying to argue that, oh, Democrats have always been racist and that 
Nothing has ever changed since the Civil War. And that there's no, never been a party switch, that um, the that everything has just remained stacked. And it's... I'm, it I'm, is incredible. I'm, 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 but what's the point of the bill? I'm, I'm, I'm missing. I'm missing something there. Just well, what the bill would do basically would dissolve the Democratic Party in Florida, and then would uh, allow them to re. They'd have to recreate it under. Oh, oh, they'd have name. to actually because there were people who were slave owners. I, I, no, no, because the the old the Democratic Party in the the moniker of the Democratic Party right used to be the pro-slavery party. Oh, oh, oh. So so somebody saw something in a book and figured they had a real cute way of doing something really stupid and decided to do it because it was stupid and it's basically culture wars-ish and, uh, and, 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 and basically play the libs and get them all riled, but it just basically is stupidity. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. it's not like a fascistic. It's literally just a, a dumbass's way to own the lips because it's, this is it's literally Dinesh D'Souza level intelligence. Yeah, because this is this is his argument all the time. The Democrats are the real racist because they used to own slaves. So like, okay, well, I mean, if you're gonna stop learning history in, you know, after the Civil War, you really don't deserve to have any discussion about this. Like, because right. it's not. By the yeah. by the way, is there a chance that this law might pass? That it might actually pass the Florida legislature? I have no idea. <laughs> it's. It would be, I I I I think there might be some reaction. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> damn. I mean, really. Okay. You know what? You know, you, you want to say what next? But you're. I'm too, too often. I'm afraid to ask what next. <laughs> no, it's just gonna look. It's just going to be. Another cultural nonsense thing. Yeah. And if it does pass, it'll just point out two Florida schools are not educating their people in any meaningful way. Well, and it would be put on. It would be put on hold. There'd be a challenge instantaneously. It would go to the courts. It would eventually go to the federal courts. It would then be a prohibition of of, of political speech, et cetera, et cetera, and it would get knocked down. It would, I mean, you know, it, it, it would have to get knocked down. Otherwise, basically, you can, one party can outlaw the other party whole, you know, wholesale. But again, the point is simply culture wars. It, it would never actually go into effect. Uh, if it does, well, then the country is over. And, you know, what the hell difference does it make? And also, it's worth mentioning that uh, we're now a couple months into the Republicans having control. I think. Yeah, today is technically uh, a couple months. Um, so far, inflation hasn't been tamed. Uh, they had a hearing on the border. Marjorie Taylor Greene blamed Joe Biden for a family that died uh, under uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, um, I heard about that. Yeah, the family uh, fe- that was a fentanyl case or fentanyl case or yeah, something, and it happened under Trump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then again, why would why would that be? Why should that bother anyone? You know. <laughs> Um, she said the word. She said fentanyl. That's all she had to do. You know, nothing else matters, it's, really. It's worth asking all these people, like, hey, what exactly substantially have you attempted to pass? Because basically all they've done, which is what we knew they would do, is hold these dumbass hearings that have gone worse for them than people expected. They're, yeah. like, objectively yeah. stupid. Because their base 
and enough of Americans and believed, and the Democratic Party did a poor job in a couple of places, that these people actually cared about you or had literally any plan to solve anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we're this. This was predicted, widely predicted, as the Republicans were coming in. Further predicted and 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 further demonstrated by the complete cockamamie nature of the Republican caucus, all of the votes that went to try to finally, and all the deals that were made, and all of the here's what we won't do, here's what we will do, but none of it having anything to do with, with serious legislation. Uh, here's who got what what deal, who who got who got what favor, who uh, well, I mean, and 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 what uh, what. What the cable station got? What forty thousand hours of uh, of January six footage? This is not legislation. This is this is insanity. And also, uh, Mississippi passed a bill, basically blanketing, uh, banning all trans care. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah I'm yeah, sorry yeah. for the fifteen thousand or however many trans people there are. There's probably not a lot in in Mississippi. <laughs> It's not going to fix your state. Like, like your state is still like one of the worst states to live in in the country statistically. Yeah, um, it may be a good idea that uh, scapegoating these people is not going to solve your problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Mississippi is a good place to be sicker and get di- and and to die early. Uh, that's what Mississippi, unfortunately, uh, you know, has in its favor or favor ha- has has in its reputation. That's, I don't know. Well, was it was it what's was it wasn't it in Tennessee that they passed the uh, the anti uh, uh, some legislation that now will not allow drag shows or something like that and probably in Tennessee. yeah yeah it, yeah 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 just it makes it more interesting it just just keeps giving it's it's you know I guess lib, lib bashing is the gift that keeps on giving and it just keeps donations flowing into people's pockets. And it just keeps court challenges going, and and it's just looking for ways to drive us deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper apart, creating the the larger just the chasm among and between Americans by political orientation just keeps separated, and it's like we're putting a we're putting a surgical clamps in there and just stretching the rib cage of the country apart just to. For someone's making money on it, someone's getting something out of it. Sure as hell ain't me. <laughs> you know? I don't know, man. Um, that's that's really all. Oh, um, the 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 primaries are. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. To be the uh, the nominee. Um, he showed up at CPAC. Nobody DeSantis is showing up. Um, CPAC is just like there's nobody there except for like the craziest people. Um, they they invited Chai Raychik, who. It's very obvious that every time she gets in the camera, she's not an intelligent person, but she found a niche for um, for her to spew her hate and to become uh, a celebrity in the circus. Yeah, she, she, she's a, she, her, her her time her her limited little window in the sun is there. She's she's found she's found her niche. She's found her party. She's found her voice. Uh, for as ever long as it lasts until it either self-destructs or destroys everything else. But what about Nikki Haley? 
Is she is she a serious contender, or is she, as I'm hearing more and more people say, uh, she's showing up there, she's all over, will not touch Donald with a 10-foot pole, and basically she's vying, people say, for a slot uh, as a uh, vice presidential candidate under Trump. Does that make any sense to you at all? They have no viable candidate besides Donald Trump. Don, yeah. Sean Hannity ends every single one of their campaigns by asking them what's the difference between them and Trump, and none of them can articulate. But would would Nikki Haley be pushing to become his vice president? Do you think? Yeah, that's all she was saying. That's that was all she's thinking. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing it's, else. It's to... either his or DeSantis, and then for Trump, it's it's either Haley or it's Carrie Lake or it's. Um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, which I hope it is. I hope it's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, I do oh. too. <laughs> Let, let's go off. Let's go completely off the rails. <laughs> it's going to be, I'm, I, I guess the way I look at this right now, you know, I'm looking for, I'm, I'm waiting to see the reaction when the first indictment comes down on Trump. I don't know when it'll be, but it'll be coming. I'm waiting to see what happens when the first trial and the first convictions come. I'm waiting to see what's going to happen when he tries to run. Uh, if, if, if the if the uh, if the Mar-a-Lago case comes and they and they use the second piece of the prosecution, which would be the um, the uh, there's a particular section that would if he was found in violation. Uh, would basically prevent him from ever running for office in the United States again. I want to see what would happen there. I want to see what would happen if he would try to run in spite of that. I want to see if he would try to run from prison or he'd try to run from Mar-a-Lago with, a, uh, with, a, with an ankle bracelet on. There, there, there's, there's so much fun stuff ahead of us in this country, and there's such spinelessness coming out of the Republicans and a total inability to do anything but just fall in line out of fear. They're frightened. They've got everybody else frightened around them. And uh, I think you said it perfectly before, David. They're allowed to go out and break things, and Democrats are then criticized for not having fixed them quickly enough. Uh, I'll, that one is going to resonate in my head for a while. And Certainly uh, for another week until the next time we get together. I thank you so much for being with us again here on Center Left Radio. Where can people find you? Besides uh, at here. At Twitter, at Faces, Idea, uh, at Faces Ideas. Too. Okay. Uh, thank you once again. I, I thank all of our listeners for joining us on this lovely Friday, the 3rd of March. And uh, as is always the case with this and other shows, but particularly on Friday, and particularly when <laughs> the, the political realities that, that, that oppress us become that much more apparent, somehow conversation has a way of bringing that out. Now, now that's why we are the progressive voice of hope, politics, and a little more jazz.
listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We have allowed our political crap to basically imbue every aspect of our society, and it becomes especially repulsive and and disheartening when we realize what it can do within a family. We can't just say we can't talk about it, because if we don't talk about it, everything goes away.